The following is a member of the Burke Reviews Podcast family. Burke Reviews. What you want? What you, what you want? Top five movies. Movies. Top five. Top five movies. Top five. Top five movies. Top five. Top five movies. Come on. Top five movies. Hey everybody, welcome to Top 5 Movies. I'm John Burke, and with me this week is Michael Sanchez. Hello. And Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And how are you two doing this week? Pretty good, dealing with the Florida cold snap, because I know that's not cold compared to everywhere (laughs) else, but it's cold enough for us. Yes, I'm enjoying the Florida cold, but I know Corey is, uh, I think you got snow, right Corey? Um, it snowed the other day, I think, on Thursday or Friday. When I had to stop and air up all four of my tires, it was trying to snow. It didn't oh, really stick too well, though. Um, and I think it's like 21 here today. Wow. I mean, we we were in the 50s all day today, which is unusual for Florida to not get out of the 50s. Um, it's back into the 40s, I think, now. But it is, uh, it's okay. pretty nice. I, I like it being cold. Um... I, don't know, I guess it's still in the fifties, according to my watch. But um, it fits with the theme, considering what we're heading into. And exactly, our our topic this week is we're going to be looking at our top five movies to get us into the holiday spirit. And of course, um, everyone's holiday spirit can be different. You know, you might have an assumption that when someone says the holiday spirit, they mean cheerful and happy, but that doesn't work for everybody. So we were allowed to kind of make our own definition of what it means to be in the holiday spirit, and we picked five movies. Uh, that put us in that mood, whatever mood that might be. And I'll let uh, Corey and Mike kind of define their own when we get to the list. Um, until then, have you guys been watching anything cool lately? I actually have not. I don't know. I can't think of anything that really sticks out for me. It's a, It's been an odd week. Well, I hope uh, that you get a chance this week to watch Better Watch Out. Um, because next week we have a guest mm. on our show. Um, we are going to have the director of the film Better Watch Out uh, telling us his top five favorite films um, of all time. So his favorite five movies. And um, I watched that movie uh, earlier this week and I, I really loved it. Um, and I think Corey also got to watch it. I did. I watched it, I think, two days ago. And dang. And I don't want to talk too much about it, but the director's name is Chris Peckover. And um, I reached out to him, and I, I you know, was a, a big fan of his film. Uh, it stars Olivia Dejong. I'm not sure how to say that for sure. It might be Dejong, Dejongue, uh, Levi Miller, ex- Ed Oxenbold, um, and we got Decree Mont- Montgomery. Patrick Warburton also shows up in it. Um, and I was really just taken by the movie. It's um, it's a great watch, and uh, I'm excited to have him on the episode uh, next week. So. Um, tune in for that one. But this week, we are focused on that holiday spirit thing. So I hope, Mike, that you can, uh, if you get a minute, I know it's we're, we're in busy time for work because we're approaching our vacation, and we're also approaching, approaching the end of the semester, which we've not had uh, sync up like this in quite some time, where usually we're coming back from break and we have like one or two weeks left of the semester. Um, this year, it ends uh, the last day before break, so we're actually going to be coming back to a whole new semester after Christmas vacation. And that's both nice and a little more stressful because um, 
that last minute midterms and then that means you're going to have stuff to do over break and whatnot. But, um, Corey, you watched Better Watch Out. Is there anything else that you saw? A few things we talked about on Movie Club, three billboards you got to see. Yeah, um, I saw Lady Bird. Bird. I can't ever keep up since we talk on both of them. Um, dang. And I'm in the middle of watching Black Code's Daughter now. Is that a movie or show? It's a movie. It has Kiernan Shipka, Emma Roberts. Oh. I'm forgetting who else. It's an A24 that came out. I can't remember if it was in... I feel like it was earlier this year, but maybe 2016. It was the Black Coat's daughter? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's um, really atmospheric. I'm mm. liking it so far, but I'm not too far into it. I do like Emma Roberts. She does seem to get typecast into horror now. Um She's definitely a scream queen of the modern age. Um, I watched the hero, uh, Sam Elliott's movie with Nick Offerman uh-huh. and Laura. Man, I can never remember her last name. Corey, what's that girl's last name? That was Donna on that seventy show, and she's in Orange. Laura Preppin. Laura Preppin. Yeah, Preppin. Yep. Preppin. Um, and it also has uh, Kristen Ritter, who is Jessica Jones on the Netflix Marvel series. Um, and she's been in some other stuff, but that's where I know her most recently. Um. I really liked it. I, I picked the right movie. I was kind of in the uh, the mood for something kind of quiet. It was Sunday morning. You know, I was sipping my coffee. I was like, I want to watch something, but I don't want to watch something too intrusive or out, you know, outgoing. And I thought the hero I've been wanting to see, and iTunes had it on. Uh, la- I think I rented it last week for ninety nine cents, and you have thirty days to watch it when you rent it. Um, so I don't know if it's still ninety nine cents or not, but um, I watched it on my computer with headphones, and it was just it was the right right movie for a Sunday morning. It was quiet. Very contemplative, um, still funny. Uh, Nick Offerman definitely has some great comedic relief scenes in the in the movie. Oh, I love him. Um, and he's got that laugh, you know the the laugh he the does. The goofy is, one, yeah. The Ron, he, he does it as Ron Swanson too, but it, it's definitely his laugh because it comes out in the hero as well. And uh, man, Sam Elliott is just such a uh, powerful presence on screen. Um, really, really enjoyed it. I don't know that everyone will, but it I, it worked. It worked for me very much, and I enjoyed it. Um, and then I got—I just got home from seeing Lady Bird for my second time. Um, oh, yay! I got my wife and daughter to go. Um, we were the only three people in the theater, which broke <gasps> my heart. That's always the best. Uh, no, it's it, well, you're right, but at my local theater with indie movies, we don't get many, and so when we get one, I want people there so that they'll get more. You know, <laughs> it, it word it kills me that it's like. This movie is amazing. It's one of the highest rated films. Oh. I have been plugging this film on social media for like three weeks, like my personal social media, like with just my friends and family, because I, I, it was in Lakeland and it was in Davenport. I'm like, all right, guys, it's not that far. And then it surprised me that it came to our mall this weekend. I'm like, okay, everybody, there is no excuse now. Please go see this movie. You have to see it. It's fantastic. Um, you know, I had someone actually ask me on my Facebook if I was paid to advertise for them, and I am not. <laughs> <laughs> I am a supporter of of good cinema, and uh, actually, I am a big supporter of Greta Gerwig and Saoirse Ronan at this point. Um, so, I, I just Saoirse like inertia. Yes, <laughs> Saoirse like inertia. Um, I I liked it as much the second. I think I liked it more the second time. I definitely cried more this time around. I, <gasps> um, I think it was sitting with my wife and daughter, and like. Uh, there were there's a few scenes that I don't remember tearing up as much when I saw it the first time, but that was a critic screening, so I'm definitely a little more like trying to be professional. Uh, I don't want to be like the one critic that everyone's like he always cries, he's always blubbering at these screenings. I don't want to be that critic. So 
I don't know if it that's just means thing. that the film affected you. I know, I know, but I, I, you know, no one. When I don't hear anyone else like blubbering, like the only experience I've had so far that was memorable from another critic's reaction to a movie was somebody snoring during a ghost story. Um, oh no! <laughs> which that bugged me, but <laughs> you know, to each their own. Um, but I need to tell you that I tried watching to- Bone Tomahawk today, oh. and I just couldn't. And it's not that it's going to be a bad film, but not a bad film. sometimes I can't know. And that's not what I'm, you know uh, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I'm not like, oh, yeah, not interested. Just like when you've got me wanting to throw up the very opening scene, you know what I mean? I need to prepare myself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a tough watch. It's definitely a tough watch. Um, there's only like three scenes in the movie that are like that, though. And they... I feel like when you open that way, though. Oh. Well, they they want you to know what yeah. you're in for. Like, yeah. <laughs> Word. Well, I mean, at this point, Guys. you should kind of have known what you're getting into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was expecting a little bit of time to, like, you know, kind of acclimate or, you know, like, you know what I mean? I don't know. But it, it... says says the person that doesn't like long movies. Yeah. Uh, but you know what I mean? Like, just go right in mm-hmm. sh- straight for the. You got they they bill. you gotta have it right away. Okay. Well, um, we we do love our movies on top five movies and at Burke reviews. So, um, we're gonna move towards our list though because I don't I don't want to eat up too much time um of our holiday time because you know next week we're gonna have our interview episode and we have uh basically two more episodes before the end of the year. Um, we'll be moving into Burke Review's third year. Um, it's hard to believe I started this two years ago, and uh, the podcast is a f- just a few months younger than the website. We started the the podcast, I think, in I think April, maybe uh, maybe March. Um, it was it was a little later into the year. Uh, it might have even been closer to June. I don't know, but um, I will know when I add up how many you know more weeks until our two like what are the 104 episodes um, will be our two year anniversary. So um, before we get into our list though, I do want to take just a moment to plug our Patreon page. Um, We are attempting to keep the site uh, going in the future and updating our equipment and storage. It costs money. Um, You know, Mike and I are teachers and if you've been paying attention, teachers are one of the most underpaid professions in the world. And, um, I don't. I don't actually. I'm not going to get into Corey's financial business, but Corey, you know, none of us are rich. How about that? And it costs money to run the site, so Patreon is a way to uh, support us. If you like us, um, if you go to BurkeReviews.com, there is a link that says support us right in our main navigation. Click that; it'll take you to our Patreon page. Of course, you get rewarded for supporting us, and you can support as little as you are able to. It's usually a monthly donation, so um, there's different tiers of rewards. Um, go check the, all that out. If you are able to and want to, we appreciate it. Um, we know you work hard for your money, and that's we definitely don't want to just take it from you. So the rewards are in place to uh, give you an incentive. It's like you know you pay for Netflix every month, so you get something from them. If you support us, you get something from us every month too. Um, either way, we appreciate you listening, um, and hope that if you do support us, uh, the rewards are. Um, good enough. And if not, I'd love to hear some feedback. So you can always reach out to us on social media or uh, email contact at com. All right. Enough of a shameless self-promotion. But we're going to be getting into our top five list. We have a couple of things that we do before we do that. Corey. Guys, go to com to check out our lists beforehand. Otherwise, full steam ahead. We might be ruining these movies for you. You've been warned. 
And of course, by ruining, we mean spoiling. Um, next up, this one's going to be impossible. Uh, every week, we t- we <clears throat> make a wager on how many of Mike's movies we will have seen. I have literally no idea how he picked his list, except if maybe one that I gave him. That's kind of cheating. Um, and I don't know if he actually used it or not, but we did have a conversation. Yeah. Um, so Now i got to look at the conversation. Oh, you don't even remember the conversation, so never mind. Oh. <laughs> um, I'm going to go uh, – well, Corey, I don't remember who went first, but I'm going to let you go first. So how many of Mike's movies do you think you have seen? Three. Ooh, she went big. I'm going to go low. I'm going to go two. Um, I was going to go two before you said three. I'm trying to give enough. you those options because well, I always lowball. I usually go – I like to go big. <laughs> um, but I, I literally have no idea what he's, his holiday spirit Criteria. movies are going to be. So, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling less uh, confident than I normally do. Um, all right. So it looks like this week's uh, order, we're going to have Corey go first, then Mike, then me. Um, we, we have made our list in secret, and we haven't officially defined our holiday spirit to one another either. So we really have no clue what our criterion were uh, when we made our list. Um, I will say that I am a Christmas person. Um, I was raised to be extremely, uh, Christmas spirited. And so all of my movies are Christmas films. Um, but I got the vibe from these two, uh, as they both messaged me or made comments to me, uh, at some point th- since the, uh, list topic was announced that they were not thrilled about this topic. So I was like, Ooh, um, zero percent. My bad. Uh, I I love holiday season, and I um, while I will admit I often have a hard time getting into the spirit, it's not by choice. I desperately always want to feel enthusiastic about Christmas. Um, I do things get wear on me. It's a stressful time of year at work, as we noted. We have midterms coming up, and grades are due, and things like that. So I get stressed there. Um. Kids get a little rambunctious at this time of year, too, because they just had a break and there's another break coming. So they get a little wiry and then you're trying to teach them stuff and it can get frustrating. And then there's the normal stress of the holidays, money and people are everywhere and people are being rude and and inconsiderate because they want what they need and they don't give a crap about what you need. So I, I don't always have the spirit that I want to have, but I do long for the televised movie driven Christmas mindset uh, that they they look for. That's, that's not to say all my movies are not maybe a little cynical, but they're still in the holiday theme. Um, we won't. I won't. I don't know what you guys did, but Corey, you're going first. So uh, why don't you enlighten us? What? How did you approach your list? Um, I feel like um some of these, I guess, are how. Hmm. <laughs> I thought it was very interesting to use the word contemplative earlier because I feel like that's like this part of the year. I feel like from Thanksgiving on, because we have Thanksgiving and then Christmas and then New Year's, it's very contemplative season. Um, there's a lot of change going on and then it's starting anew. Um, so I guess that I kind of went in with people that I wish I kind of had their attitude about life. By people, so you I kind mean of, like characters in the movies? Characters, yeah, in movies. Or... Um, I guess I can get more into when I talk about each of my films. Mm-hmm. Definitely. All right. Well, what's your number five, Corey? Okay. We just watched this on um, Movie Club. Oh. 
but I do like this movie a lot. Most uh, I watched it initially because it has Steve Martin in it. Okay. Are you, are you there? Corey? Darn it, she said, oh. yes. You said she had 0% interest. Oh, no! <laughs> That's all she had to say about it. <laughs> oh, no! Gonna... Did, no I just said, like, a, a whole... I think that I accidentally muted my mic. Uh, okay. I don't know what you heard me say. Um, the last thing was, we watched this uh, on uh, Movie Steve Club. Steve Martin. Yeah, Steve Martin. Oh, okay. I don't know how it muted then. Um, but it's 1987's Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. I'm going to pause you really fast, because we okay. have it in the same exact place. Oh, Oh, okay. Uh, Mike and Corey okay, both have so planes, trains, and automobiles like, for number five. Carry on, carry on, and we'll 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 banter back and forth, and we'll see. Okay. Um. Although he is obnoxious, there's no denying that. I love and admire Del Griffith's outlook. Mm. He's kind and generous, and that takes on even more meaning to me after we find out about his wife. And all is not lost on Neil Page, though, as he proves time and time again he knows when he is wrong and tries to do the right thing. So I just admire both of them. And, I mean, John Candy's character is in, in, intentional. I mean, that's that's really yeah. – they're both playing off of each other. And without If they were both the same personality, it wouldn't work and it would just be – there's a whole reason, and by the time you get through the end of the thing, you understand and – while it's not, you know, you could change the time period to the Christmas holiday because it would be applicable. Yeah. I definitely would be more along Steve Martin's side, I think, as far as that's how I relate to. And it's funny you bring up how we go into it because I, I think for me, as far as Christmas, I, I want to be more probably your way, Bert, but <laughs> there are a lot, I mean, in, in, from what I remember, as far as long time ago, without getting too overly emotional about it, it just it never was there, and so that stuck with me all the way through. I mean, Thanksgiving wasn't something until I was introduced to it by my friends from sixth grade, seventh grade, mm-hmm. and that way I'm like, whoa, that that was a, I just wasn't something I grew up with, and then Christmas was just different it was it wasn't i don't know i mean so but with that said there are a few of them and this one definitely hits the right tone and you totally get the one i've forgotten steve neil's neil page's character you know the way he i i would i I, i'm with him every step of the way but then there's just those moments (laughs) I forget who it was. I want to say some guys in the halls that I was an RA for. The, those aren't pillows, lines, or I, I haven't watched this in a long while. <laughs> See, we just watched it. In fact, I just saw this for the very first time um, two weeks ago when we did it for Burke Reviews Movie Club. Um, That's the very first time you'd, wow. Yeah, I've never but seen the film. There's so many ups and downs, comedic, uh, you know, bits and pieces, and then when it gets to the part... To, uh, it's very much, uh, very closely related to the realization once you get to um, in Zombieland that that wasn't a puppy he was talking about. Mm-hmm. You know oh, yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And uh, it, it's not quite the same feeling, but it's like, and then you realize, or Neil, you see Neil's gears turning, and he mm-hmm. realizes he puts it together. Yeah. And 
And it's got uh, John Hughes sentiment sentimentality is is embedded in the film too. And it, um, if you're a Hughes fan, which of course I think all three of us are, um, it, it works in almost every way. Um, plus it's funny. There's some really really funny scenes. Yeah, they really are. They uh, really are. And there was a whole Reddit uh, thread that the f bomb dropped. I mean, because that's really yeah. why the movie got the R, but. They and they and Reddit they try to substitute what would it be like if had it been, and it just doesn't work. Yeah, and and just because that retort that she has, the, oh man, the principal secretary. Yeah. Well, oh. You know, <laughs> you know, well, you're. And, and they built up to it, and that's it's not the response you expect, and that's how she responds. And I just think it's so funny that even though she drops that, she is so composed. Mm-hmm. She has such poise like the whole mm-hmm. time and then boom and even then she's just like so calm about it she is but there's a smile on her face like you can see yes. she's taking yeah, full yeah. satisfaction yeah, she <laughs> paid it back because he totally unloaded on her he did and she's much the same way in, in ferris bueller's day off as uh, rooney's secretary mm. and that whole thing when she talks about all the all the groups and, and, and kids that like Ferris Bueller, and she just goes right, you know, very similar. Yeah. What else has she been in? I'm not What's sure, um, because you're going to have to deep dive on those credits, because she's late in the film, too. But Edie um, McClurg, yeah. car rental agent. There we go, I'm looking. And my gift to you, I didn't, um, because, again, maybe it was, I, I just wasn't into the topic, but I didn't I didn't really dig up the, the rating. She's in Wreck-It Ralph. Mm. Okay. Well, but must... I mean that that scene too is I think like the epitome of like holiday stress. You know, like you're trying to get mm-hmm. back to your house. You just want to get home, and it seems like everybody else is trying to stop you, and you've had it. You know, and you just snap, and you take it out on whoever is there to take it out on, even if it's not necessarily their fault. And I mean, to a degree, it was her fault, uh, assuming she's the one who gave him the key, which I don't think she was, but um. You know, it was the agency's fault. They gave him keys to a car that wasn't there. It was already rented out. So you can, you get why he's so frustrated. But, um, you know, oh man, even the follow up after that, when he goes outside and gets knocked out and almost gets oh. killed by Dell, and like the, that sequence is so great. And that, the movie in general, it just, it just flows so well. And I definitely see, uh, that holiday spirit there. Cause again, by the end of the film, there is that touching moment um, when they when he does get home and he sees his wife and they welcome Dell into their house, even though, you know, in some ways he's part of the problem. Not entirely. He's not the only reason that they're not he's not there on when he wanted to be home, but they welcome him in. They bring him as a part of the family almost. And it's touching and it's endearing. And it it ends on the right note. Like you see all the and I think that's a really good representation of what you hope for the holidays. It feels like hell. Until the day of, and hopefully by the day of, everything just congeals. You know, uh, you, all the presents are under the tree by Santa Claus, of course. Uh, sorry, younger listeners. Um, and you know, the family made it there, and the, the food's all prepared, and you know, it's it's just perfect. Despite all the chaos, you you hope that it's just perfect. And maybe by the end of the evening, somebody has too much to drink, and you're like, "Sit down, Uncle Jim." But you know. It, it, I think Planes, Trains, and Automobiles hits that kind of mindset. So I think both of you, your number five, it's funny that it's both of your number five. Uh, excellent pick. Thank you. All right. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to my number five. Um, 
I had to start with uh, this. This list isn't necessarily ranked, I guess, as much as it is kind of in my mindset of importance to me. And so, it in the Christmas season, in the Christmas spirit, I have to see the story of Ebenezer Scrooge. Um, it's very hard to uh, to not, you know, feel greedy when. It seems like everybody's trying to take your money. You know, like you get your paycheck and the hands are out from bill collectors and hospitals and, you know, um, and just every every time you turn around. And then, the, like, this time of year, everyone's fundraising and they want money. You buy this and buy that and donate to this thing. And you feel obligated to give to charities. And at the same time, you're like, but if I give to charity, I eat ramen this week. You know, like, there's there's a lot of stress. And so I, I start to feel like Scrooge sometimes where I just want to tell everybody to leave me alone. This is my money. And so I need the refresher of Christmas Carol and the message of not being greedy and to live life and to enjoy, embrace the holiday season. So I have to be very careful because there's how many adaptations of a Christmas Carol. So, so, so many. And so I went with my favorite and it might be a surprise unless you know my wife. My favorite Christmas Carol is the Muppet <laughs> Christmas Carol um, from 1992. Uh, stars Michael Caine as Ebenezer Scrooge, which I love Michael Caine. I'm sorry. I'm not saying he's the mm-hmm. best Scrooge, but he's my Scrooge. He's the Scrooge that I want to see because there's that Michael Caine-ness about him. You know, I'm going to love him by the end for sure because it's Michael Caine. But then we have you know Kermit the Frog as Bob Cratchit. Uh, you, you, get, you get this weird, unexplainable family of... Uh, Miss Piggy and Kermit's where there's there's both pig and frog babies, but nothing of a hybrid. Um, Tiny Tim is a frog, though, just to clarify. In fact, for some reason, I guess gender decides which species they are because the boy (laughs) is frog and the girls are pigs. But um, my wife is a huge Miss Piggy fan. And so this movie kind of I didn't know it existed until a couple years ago. And. Um, I had a voodoo credit to rent something, and I'm like, "Oh, look, the Muppet Christmas Carol. Let's let's rent that." And I loved it. And of course, my wife loved it, and my daughter was younger, so she loved it. And it's become kind of a tradition now, where we watch it at the holiday season. And I, I haven't watched another one um, really since I found this one. Um, you know, I, I saw uh, I think Robert Zemeckis's Christmas Carol with Jim Carrey as the like every character. It's all motion capture, similar to um, mm. I think it's Zemeckis. Uh, it's it's the same animation style as Polar Express. I could be wrong that it's not Zemeckis, but I feel like it is. Um, and, you know, I've seen... Uh, I saw the TV. I think TNT did one with Patrick Stewart as Scrooge years ago. Um, and I've seen a couple of the older ones, but it's been a long time since I've seen those. But this one just works for me. It's fun. It's family-friendly. Um, Gonzo is acting as Charles Dickens uh, and as, as a narrator, so he breaks the fourth wall from time to time, and it's... Um, it's entertaining in a lot of ways because of that. And you still get the message. The story still comes across very strong. And again, I like Michael Caine. So it, it, it just it works for me um, in the big way. And it, it, it helps get me in the right mindset of not being greedy and remembering to, you know, look, treat people better. And, and you know, God bless us, everyone. So that's my number five. Hi, ho. I don't do a Kermit the Frog. I wish I did. I think we saw a clip. It wasn't today. It was last week, I think, showed that. And I've forgotten that Michael Caine played Scrooge. And he's, he's yeah. I need to watch this one again. Then It's been a long time. Since I, I recommend it. I like, I like Michael Caine a whole lot. And I just think he's great in this movie. Because um, he's like one of the only human characters, uh, really, in the movie, too. So, um, 
it's always interesting when you have the Muppets interacting with people as though they are equals. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, are you saying that uh, Muppets are second class citizens? I'm not saying they should be. I'm saying they are. So, oh, no, no, wait. <laughs> I mean to be like that they are treated that way, not that I think they no. should be. That's what I'm. That's what I'm trying no, to say. Too late. No, no, it's, marked, it's not too marked late. Marked on the tape. It's Chris. It's, this is tape. marked on the tape too. When I explain myself, so <laughs> quotes, quotes out of context. But then it's going to be yes, taken yeah. out of context. Yeah. That's right. Corey, do you? Um, <laughs> Just kidding. Luckily, I don't think the Muppets will be suing me anytime soon. Um, oh, Corey, we'll to speak. <laughs> I've been trying to get my hands on this. Mm. Um, I want it on Blu-ray. I haven't seen it i don't believe i really want to i i really recommend it again if you if you don't like i like michael kane too yeah if you don't like michael kane how can you you not like the muppets i know but i'm sure there's someone out there who's like bah humbug but if you like the muppets and you like michael kane you haven't seen this movie i highly recommend it for sure i don't think this is going to be everyone's favorite christmas carol rendition but again for me it works so it's as many as there are out there I mean, and there, there there's, there's plenty to pick from there definitely is and um even this year there is the, a uh, retelling of uh, in the man who invented christmas where it's mm-hmm. charles dickens played by dan stevens um and christopher Plummer playing an actor who's playing ebenezer scrooge and in, in the play you know of like how he invented the christmas carol and, and essentially the implication of the title is that he invented like the way we celebrate christmas i guess I'm not 100% sure what, what the actual like story is behind it, but um, that is out in theaters in very limited release right now, The Man Who Invented Christmas. So yet another kind of connection to the Christmas Carol story. Mm-hmm. All right, Corey, we're back to you already because you guys had the same number five. So, Corey, what is your number four holiday spirit movie? Okay, I think we talked about this one shortly recently, but it's 2004's The Terminal. Oh, hmm. The main character, Victor, is stuck at the JFK International Airport after his country becomes embroiled in civil war. He can't enter the U.S. or go back home. This does not stop him from endearing himself to travelers and employees in the airport. He never lets his situation make him bitter. And I love his whole purpose of the trip. Um, We end up finding out Um, that he is there so he can get the last signature that his father was trying to um, collect um, before he died. He was an avid jazz fan. Oh. And I think this was the 50s. It was the last signature he needed to collect, and he wasn't able to do that. So um, I just really like his spirit a lot in this movie. Um with everything going on, he still remains pretty optimistic. Uh, yeah, okay. so that's my number four. So the the well, and, and loosely based on a true story too, correct? Yeah, I was just reading that today. Um, so I forget how long. I think the person was stuck in the airport for like two hundred and eighty something days. I don't know. I just browsed that, so don't quote me on it. But yeah, I didn't know that that was. Mm. I, I, yeah. mean, I can't Im- I can't imagine even one night, let alone yeah, that many nights. I know. I, <clears throat> I did I saw this reluctantly several years ago and I I didn't think I was going to like it and I actually did, but I haven't I've only watched it the one time. I'm looking at this cast list though, and I did not realize that uh Diego Luna and Zoe Saldana are in this movie. Oh. Um, yeah, I didn't know that. 
And uh, Stanley Tucci, I always am a fan of. And Catherine Zeta-Jones, I did remember her being in this. But, um, yeah, there's a picture even of Zoe Saldana. It looks like she's a security officer or a police officer or something. Um, hmm. And I don't That's remember so enough about this movie, but I'm, I kind of want to rewatch it. And I always forget this is a Spielberg film as well um, because it's definitely not one of his more revered ones. Um, but, you know, Tom Hanks, Spielberg, it's hard to say, it's hard to not like this movie. Critics didn't care for it. It's got a 55 um, Metascore, but it has a 7.3 IMDb user rating, which sounds about Sometimes right. Sometimes um, they're wrong. Well, I mean, it depends on what you're watching a movie for. Like, especially if you're comparing it to like Spielberg's technical masterpieces, this is a rom com. You're you're not necessarily going to have, you know, his best work in this type of film. But it doesn't mean it's not enjoyable. And that was mm-hmm. kind of my memory of it. Was it was very enjoyable. Hanks Hanks is eternally likable. Like, it's hard to. <laughs> Even his bad movies, you're going to find enjoyment in them because it's Tom Hanks. Um, and from my experience, the guy gives 100% every time. So oh, They're rescreening big next year, guys. Ooh, yeah. Oh. I love that. I just recently rewatched that, and I really, really like that movie still. But um, I think it's an interesting pick because his optimism is – uh, cause man, you, I would like Mike said one night I would be like yelling and screaming and being miserable and probably getting arrested. I would feel hopeless. And yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. And this guy like always, he's just finding a way, finding a way, you know, he's going to make it work for him Keeps and on. like turning I, the one scene that I've always remembered is him turning the carts in to get the money, um, <laughs> yes. to, to eat like, you know, it's just, yeah. Um, Makes the best of a bad situation, and you need that this time of year. You need to be able to make the best of a bad situation, no matter how tough it might feel. Um, know that it's going to be all right. All right, um, good pick, Corey. Interesting pick too, because I don't, I don't think we've ever had the terminal on any of our list before. So, mm-hmm. all right, Mike, what do you got for number four? Well, it's not the terminal, uh, and it's funny that you mentioned the rescreening of Big because. It- in a way, I'll, I'll see how I tie it into mine. It is connected, at least in my mind. <laughs> um, I'm going with, and this one I think I picked because it reminded me of one of mine on my um, honorable mentions list. And it's 2015's Krampus. Oh, yes. Adam Scott, Tony Collette. And I, I probably wasn't going to put it on. I think I was going to put my honorable mention one on this. Um but this one was one I didn't really want to watch because I, I just didn't get it until I watched it. And it just it's very disappointing with everything else that has tried to build up off of it because this is really the only one that really mm-hmm. works. Yeah. And it's not something that just came up. I mean, this has been a legend from very long ago. Mm-hmm. So that it took till 2015 to be adapted. And then butchered by several other indie, like, tons and tons of Krampus-related films after this one came out. Yeah, that are not even, just don't bother. I haven't haven't seen a single one that has been worthwhile, and just, I I just sit there in disbelief. Because you know I have a tolerance for a certain level of mediocrity. Mm -hmm. I will forgive a lot, but some of these are just unforgivable. But well, of course, when it's this one's the one that sets the tone, it's tough. Now I, I now I am looking at the ratings, and they don't seem to agree with the fact that they that I picked it this high because it's a six point two and forty nine Metascore, so maybe it didn't mm. hit hit everyone as well. It's 
that dark sense of humor and then how it all wraps up and goes in honestly kind of in a way is like an extended twilight zone because it does have that feel for that too it does uh especially uh, in yeah. some parts twilight zone the movie and i'll mention my honorable mention one later because that's that's the one where i ultimately i'm like okay that's yeah that's very much that way so I'm I'm really very much. We just had that conversation about Tony Collette, and I've liked her since Muriel's wedding. Loved her since Muriel's wedding. And what was that? There's was a movie with Stefania. What's her last name? Owen Lovey Owen. Um, oh. That I tried watching the other night, but it was too late. It's based on the Lovely Bones. I think. It's, no, it's oh. coming uh, coming out of the Rye, I believe. Oh okay. Oh yeah, but a couple coming through the Rye. That's her Coming also through the right, thank you. On her best known for. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So that's my pick, even though I, you know, I, I'm fitting it in with Holiday and, I mean, the ending. Well, I mean, ultimately they relive because it, it's almost like a happy ending, but not really. Yeah. You see what happens to them. But, I mean, even the opening to this film, I almost picked, I almost picked this movie myself because of the opening. Um, when you see the Black Friday shopping, um, the chaos yeah. of the Black Friday shopping and how people yeah. are inconsiderate and they don't care and how that can that really can reflect someone's tone um, or I'm sorry, someone's spirit this time of year is this kind of dejected. I can't stand people. And even like the way the you know his cousins are, the kid believes in Santa and they're making fun of him for it because he's too mm-hmm. old, they say. And that is ultimately what prompts Krampus to show up, which is interesting too it's um you know but the the hostility the way the uh the in the the brother and sister and then uh what is it their aunt yeah aunt dorothy um oh that tension that tension is so relatable oh yeah Um, you know like that and it's such a familiar film in that way um granted now you add in supernatural elements and some awesome cg like monster designs um, oh, the monsters were great. I love the look mm-hmm. of oh, like the gingerbread man, especially the gesture. Um, oh yeah, there it's or such. The box, I mean, I I really love this oh. film, and I I don't agree with all of the critics. I was just looking through some of the critic scores, like the twenty and twenty five scores that were given, but then there's like good seventy five and seventy scores where they agree with us that it's it's. I wouldn't say it's a masterpiece, but it's a masterpiece of what this movie is. Like, there hasn't been a film mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to feel like yeah. this since Gremlins, in my opinion, as far as like, um, a holiday no, there you go. monster movie. That's And that's where I was going. Because that, that was my original pick for this number, and then I flipped them. Mm, nice. That's my honorable mention pick. And I, I, I'm like, okay. And that's that's when it got, it got me, for sure. I'm like, and, yeah, now I can see going that. Oh, and I left out the reason, because there's a reason I tied in Zoltar from big with Krampus because we took Abby's boyfriend yesterday to a couple of different places. And that's where we're sending you those pictures from Maggiano's cause he's never been. Ah. And Abby's been several times. She's been fortunate. We've gone with a couple other friends and been able to enjoy that and ended up at Bass Pro Shops cause he's a fisherman. He's and I'm not, I haven't been fishing since I was my son's age. And thought, oh, let's stop by Gods and Monsters. But I didn't realize what had happened with that mall. And we're driving around because it's it's dark. It's deserted. Oh, wow. Really? But yes, but Gods and Monsters is still open. Not there. Oh, Oh. man. Yes. 
so we looked it up, and I'm like, this is weird. The theater's open, Fuddruckers is open, Bass Pro Shops is open, but everything else in the middle. Oh, Because wow. I was just going to get out of the car and kind of go and see, and it wouldn't have helped because it's been closed since January. Wow, I didn't know I didn't that. realize. Yeah, no. So we we did find it as in a plaza just up the road, right? Not not much further. It's not nearly as cool of a location. It's neat. But when we got there, we were wondering, why, where are these people doing? There's people in line waiting for their photo op, a free photo op with Krampus. Oh, nice. And so we want, uh, Abby didn't want to have anything to do with it. I really wanted to, <laughs> but the line was pretty long. So we went on into the store, and sure enough, there's the Zoltar. Zoltar? I believe that's the name yeah, of the I machine. Yeah, I think so. From big. from big and she, Abby's sure enough. Abby's asking for a dollar. I'm like, I have no dollars, and we're not going to become children. So we went right through there, and Krampus must have been needed a break, so he came through. And you should, I hadn't seen Abby quite move as fast as she did because she <laughs> totally went to a totally different aisle. Um, uh, meanwhile, her boyfriend went up to him, shook his hand. The, the outfit was amazing. He was. There was that. There was Michael Myers, Jason, Voorhees, a couple others. There's like a little speakeasy place in the back of it. It's not the same layout. It's it's neat, but just it's not. It's much more cramped. Krampus. They did have yes, Krampus was cramped, but yeah. So that was my connection. I forgot. There you go. And I I would say for your pick with Krampus too, like the uh, holiday spirit connection is um, maybe that in that trepidation of be like being with people that you don't necessarily get along with but it's the holidays and you have to you know like that dread of uh that whole well, I, interaction. I, mean, I will admit i i really seem i feel like we get along with my wife's side of the family it's been we're kind of estranged with my mom's my parents side of the you know the family so mm-hmm. it's been i don't know a while and that maybe plays into it um Although when we did have Thanksgiving, because Abby's boyfriend was with us for Thanksgiving, and my, bro- my brother and my- Rachel's brother, just sometimes the things he says, and mm-hmm. so we try to mentally prep him before he wasn't too bad. Um, and usually I, I go, I, I don't know, I don't feel like I'm the diplomat. Yeah, I, I never have, um, but I, I did jump into that role because just the stuff he was coming up with. Got it. I just had to diffuse. Gotcha, gotcha. All right. Um, well, let's move into my number four. Um, my number four is uh the Santa Claus from nineteen ninety four, um, starring Tim Allen, Judge Reinhold, Wendy Cruz, something or other, Eric Lloyd, David Crumholtz, um, directed by John Pasquin, has a fifty seven meta score and a six point four IMDB user rating. Um, I hate the sequels to this movie, so let's start with that. But I love this movie and I have since I saw it I'm pretty sure I saw this in the theater um back in 94 and I still love this film in fact I I didn't own it until a few days ago I I ordered it earlier this week um to add to my uh, fairly I thought extensive Christmas collection I have the movies that I like um apparently there are a whole bunch of other ones I've never heard of that I just bought a book about recently but um this is uh, a film that I think really hits the holiday spirit for me because Tim Allen's character is, um, 
everything that's wrong with Christmas. He works at a toy design company. His name is Scott Calvin. You know, he's he works for a big toy conglomerate who is only concerned with selling more toys. There's not, you know, that's the idea. He lies to his wife, his ex-wife. He's not he tries to be a good father, but he's not really and you know, overall he's just trying to get through the season, but through the the course of the movie when he becomes Santa Claus, um you see that change in him and how not becoming Santa Claus not only makes him a better father, but a better person in general. And then the Christmas spirit becomes a part of him. It becomes who he is. And, uh, it's, it's kind of infectious to me, like watching him kind of change. And, and it's one of Tim Allen's best performances, to be honest, um, with maybe the exception being galaxy quest. Uh, okay. I was about to say that one, to be fair, I've not seen a single entry of this franchise. The other two are awful. I think on the on the merits of how poor the other ones were. Well, I will say that this one is a great Christmas experience, um, and Tim Allen does a really good job because the opening character, as Scott Calvin, um, note the the similar initials SC for Santa Claus and Scott Calvin. Um, he is very much the traditional Tim Allen type character, you know. Uh, even I think he even grunts at some point. Like he's very, very much the traditional um, Tim Allen persona. But as the movie goes on, he he really changes, and I think he embodies Santa Claus. He might be my favorite, like on screen Santa um, to a degree. Like there's a couple that I think I like a little more, but through the course of this film, like he really does a good job of becoming Santa Claus. And there's a lot of good comedy in the film, and it's there's some very touching moments um, with him and his son um, Charlie, and uh, Judge Reinhold, who is who plays his uh, Charlie's stepfather, like you know uh, Tim Allen's ex-wife in the movie, uh, her husband. He is he's got some really he's not funny. He gets kind of the, to be the butt of the jokes, but they're it's so great. Um, I, I don't know. I just really this movie works for me and it definitely helps me uh feel like it's Christmas time. Kind of watching the transition, watching this kind of jerk become Santa um gives hope to me. Like I guess if this guy can become Santa Claus, everyone can have the Christmas spirit then, right? So that's oh, my I thought before. you're you're turning that into like you want to be Santa Claus Santa yourself. No, but I do want to have I, the I, I want to have that embodiment of Santa Claus. Like I want not not the body. I don't want the body of Santa Claus. <laughs> although I I appear to be working on it. That's not my goal. Uh, uh you know, well, I mean, I got I got the gut the bowl full of jelly things starting to happen. But you know, um it's a new year coming soon. So who knows? Maybe I'll actually stick to a resolution for once. But um no, I do I want to have that kind of cheer and joy that you hear from Santa Claus in in the books and in the movies uh Santa's supposed to be happy and and everything that's right with Christmas that's why I think Christmas is such a special time of year um the the spirit of giving the spirit of caring and I think the Santa in this movie does that so that's why it's my number three four it's number four number three is what Corey's about to do unless she has anything to add to the Santa Claus I've only seen bits and pieces of this, so no, I'll move on oh, to my number three. Corey, you're killing me with these lack of Christmas movies. That's, I know, I'm sorry. I haven't, I haven't even watched bits and pieces. I love that. I get heck of it. I get heck for it. I, I, I've always thought of you as a Christmassy person, I guess. I love Christmas. Like, I love Christmas, but I don't know. It's hard for me to sit and watch, like, a series. You know what I mean? Like, I'll watch a Christmas horror movie, but um, I don't know. 
<laughs> now, it was tough not to populate this list without those. Right? I was like, I'm not putting Black Christmas on this. Oh, come on. That's the spirit that you are in. You're in a murderous, creepy spirit. That's right, guys. I don't know. I don't work in retail anymore. I don't. I feel like that's why I feel really weird about Christmas this year. I don't know. Well, Corey, okay. what, what is your number three? My number three is, I might have put this on the list last year, but 1988's Scrooged. Okay. Yeah. Bill Murray. Yes, I love Bill Murray as our main character, Frank, in this. I think it takes a lot of guts to admit you're wrong, especially on TV, and try to make them uh, make things right. He learns the importance of having humility and empathy. He embraces his family and the woman he loves. He finds material possession, and what he has compared what he has compared to what others have isn't all there is. Um. I love um, I love that it's like modernized. I mean, it was in the 80s, but anyway. Yeah, um, yeah. I really love that he's like a TV executive. I like um, where it shows the – is she his secretary? He sees um, her family. Yeah, I and believe that so. They're not super well off. Um, he fires Elliot, which really affected me um, when I watched it first time i just and isn't that that bob Bobcat oh, i can never say his, yes i can never say his name but i just really 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 like this movie and that it can show that you can change well it has a 38 meta score but a 7.0 imdb user score um i saw this in the theater as a kid um yeah, because again, I've always been a Bill Murray fan. Like my mom basically raised me to be a Bill Murray fan. One of the few things she did very well. Um, you know, Ghostbusters was my first movie ever in the theater, and then I saw this in the theater, um, and it definitely scared me as a kid. And, it, it, and I saw it again in like the '90s, and then um, I actually bought this I think two years ago, and I uh, showed it to. We were watching um, Bill. We had a movie club in in my school that we watched movies during our H two H hour for lunch. And we were uh, we had a whole Bill Murray theme for uh, two years ago, so every movie we watched was somehow connected to Bill Murray. And um, we watched this at Christmas time, um, which many of them had never seen. And uh, it, it is PG thirteen, but it definitely pushes that um, that rating quite a bit because it was fairly new even when this movie came out. The PG thirteen had only been around for a little bit, um, but. It's uh, directed by Richard Donner, which is worthy of note, um, as it is a unique uh, kind of film for him. But yeah, I think this movie—it's uh, a really interesting adaptation of a Christmas Carol. And of course, they—they they make sure you get that because they're putting on a live version of the Christmas Carol, which is funny because this year they're doing a live version of a Christmas story on NBC, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it might be Fox or ABC, but you know, like they've done that a few years now. They did The Sound of Music. They did Grease. Um, they did, uh, uh, recently Rocky Horror Picture Show, which, mm-hmm. did, yeah, it was reviled. I, I don't see how A Christmas Story is going to be loved. Like, there's no way you can replace any of that, because the sequel that they tried to do for A Christmas Story a few years ago is awful. Mm-hmm. Um, so, mm-hmm. I don't know what they're thinking, but th- I guess they really want to capitalize on the popularity of A Christmas Story. I will likely watch it and probably write a scathing review of it, um, be- unless they win me over. But good luck. Um, but this uh, this movie wor- still works pretty well. I still enjoy it. It's it's definitely eighties. Like you, it it did not age well necessarily, but it still 
conveys the message that it was going for, and I think it still works. So I like this pick. Sounds like that'll be the next next year live adaptation. <laughs> Screw you. <laughs> Update it. Super meta, where inside the movie that's a live adaptation, they're making a live adaptation of another story. Like, it's super, super meta. Um, yeah, because it, it would be, because uh, that is actually the premise. But, you know. Um, Mike, I take it you have seen this? No. Oh, wow. And I've said this before. Oh, well, uh, you know, I don't remember everything you say. <laughs> I have the worst memory, yeah, so you could just, like, surprise. Nope, yeah. nope, haven't seen it. I, you definitely no, should reach I, I for don't. this, man. It's on this week. We'll see. Maybe I'll record it. You can always borrow my Blu-ray yeah. if you need to, but... Ooh, I can get it the blue, full Blu-ray style. Okay. <laughs> well, fudge, because oh. you literally... Oh, um, I segued into your number three, huh? Yeah, because that's my number three. I mean, there's no getting around it. It's probably the only one that is the most well i would say planes trains and automobiles will fit with a sort of traditional one but a christmas story for me is probably the closest to a traditional one on my list and gosh i was 10 years old when this was released 1983 and you're right a a summer story was never uh, i tried and it was i think that's what it's called a summer story that's the actual uh, uh, yes, but then there's a uh, Christmas Story two, where um, oh no, yes, which yeah, was a more I recent even... film, and that has uh, Marv from Home Alone. I can't think of his name right now. Um, he is the father, and it does not work because he can't be um, that guy. Joe Pesci's partner. Yeah, I can't think of his name for some reason. Like I don't uh, normally know the actor's okay. name, but yep, yeah, keep going. I... I can't. Yeah, it's probably best not to talk about it. You're tainting my my number three pick by mentioning the one that's more. You brought up the other one. Oh, that's no. I brought up a summer story. That's what I'm saying. You brought up the other one. Like they're both both of the sequels for this movie are awful. (laughs) Yeah, and it's it's a shame. I don't know. It just hit the right spot at the right time with the right people. I mean, seeing because what uh, Darren McEwen he played Kolchak way back, so to see him and I wasn't really aware of Kolchak. Prior to this, but I know that the X Files had some inspiration in Kolchak, the Night Stalker. The I don't know if you know that series from the seventies. There was definitely an inspiration to go into the X Files. So I, I didn't have that tainting my image of him as a father, because he was like that. <laughs> you know the dads that can weave a tapestry of profanity that will just hang up, just like they say in the hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, the always patient mom, I mean, it just has these tropes, but it, it all works. Uh, there was one summer, one of the few summers I drove up to Pennsylvania, and sure enough, uh, the kids were really small. Uh, I would say, let's say 10 years ago. And on the Walmart shelves was this, I want to say hundreds, but all these, the BB guns, the same model. But Rachel looked at me and she just had this nope. nope. She was the voice of reason because you know I wanted to shoot one of those things as soon as I bought it, but I didn't get to buy. I should have just said you know, exercised veto powers and just bought it because it wasn't that expensive. But um, yeah, uh, it, my wife has little to no tolerance of this for this, so those twenty-four hours of a Christmas story really pain her. But I do really make an effort. This one does mm-hmm. not pain me at all. Just yeah. Um, there's so many even during non-Christmas times when we, oh, what has brought you to this lowly state? And he just <laughs> has that pause. It was it so was. yeah. 
poisoning. Anytime I have to say and the words it was, I have to say it that it was. It, it was, was so poisoning. And uh, I always wish that's what we should, what we should do. Because I can, I can PT my ones that if they have a slip of the tongue with whatever. But maybe if I have a, a bar of Life Boy around. <laughs> but I don't think anyone will get the reference. So that, it, it, at least in my mind, I can have that Life Boy. Some of mine, someone might get it. I'm actually surprised some of them. I mean, a lot of these kids, a lot of them have watched this movie um, because of TNT, or now I think TBS does it instead. But um, I don't, I don't know if whether they're the high school age now. For me, some some of them are surprise me a lot more with what they know uh, versus you know what they might not. Mm -hmm. When when I have some referencing Sam Cooke records, I'm like, whoa, wait a minute, because that's not something that you know and they truly have knowledge of it well i have to or say any other stuff i noticed um i have hit my quota i've seen actually all three of your movies so far and so is Corey. Whoa. uh so Corey also yeah, hit this her quota one, this this one you're not gonna be able to if you guys didn't hit all five i may i'm i figure most both of you probably hit at least four at least. see i thought you were gonna go like away Super from the obscure. holiday spirit and like focus more on like a grumpy kind of spirit like the the holidays oh, make I haven't you unhappy. Gotten to my top two. Well true, but that's why <laughs> that's why I didn't know that's why I lowballed because I we was thinking know. it not to be Christmas movie because I feel like I am very versed in the Christmas genre although not as versed as I thought. Again, I just found that there's a whole book of movies I didn't even know existed and some aren't by traditional definitions Christmas films but the the book makes arguments for these movies to be considered Christmas mm-hmm, films mm-hmm. um so I don't know that I count all of them but uh I have seen most most Christmas movies or holiday films that people uh generally refer to and and in fact make quite an effort because I have to give a lot of credit to my wife my wife is a huge fan of Christmas and I really could have started my number 5 off with all Hallmark and Lifetime Christmas movies, even though we don't usually do TV movies. But my Christmas spirit starts in, like, November 1st when when Hallmark starts their nonstop Christmas movie streaming because my wife starts her nonstop Christmas movie streaming. Christmas movies, mind you, that I can't stand for the most part, although every once in a while there's a gem in there. Um, there's one with Brandon Routh who that uh, he's a fireman and he finds a cat and it just works for me. I don't know why. Don't judge me. But the rest of them... I tend to dislike, but my number three, no, if I can say November, away. November 1st is, is the morning day of the end of the month of horror. That's, I mean, to be fair at the end of is. that month, I'm done with horror. So I need something to palate mm, cleanse, but, mm, mm, um, no. but I'm not a, I am not a horror genre fanatic. Um, I do appreciate certain films, but I am definitely, I am not, um, it doesn't speak to me on that level, so I'm I'm usually ready to move on from that. But um, Corey, I don't mean to I, I don't want to cut you off. Did you want to add anything to a Christmas story? Not not yet. No. Yeah, I I was thinking that might be the mm-hmm. case. But my no. num- my number three is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation from 1989. Um, this was a movie that I didn't like for a long time. Actually, uh, I had and I I didn't know why until a couple years ago. Um, I when I went to rewatch it. And it it clicked. It's kind of the same reason why I don't like um, a lot of well stories with the similar character at first. And it's Clark's kind of a dick. Um, Clark Griswold, that is. Mm. Um, he's not like 
he does some things where you're like, man, this guy's kind of a jerk. But but upon watching it and and really getting into it, um, I I realize he he's a jerk in a way, but he has a huge heart and he really does want the best for everybody. And that um, his slow loss of his Christmas spirit as everything goes wrong and he finally snaps. Um, when he doesn't get his bonus check, um, and he gets instead a subscription to Jelly, right? The gift that keeps on giving, I believe his brother says. Um, <laughs> his brother-in-law. And I, this movie now has become one of my favorites, in fact. And I, I've we've watched it, um, I think it was three or four years ago. I was wrapping presents alone. My wife and daughter were out somewhere, and I was wrapping their presents while they were gone. And I put the movie on, and I was kind of not watching it at first. And then I think at some point I stopped wrapping presents and was just watching it. And... Um, since then, we've now watched it every year, and it's, I think, because of that, and I think that kind of reflects my spirit, is that I go in really, really wanting to be, you know, holly jolly, and it doesn't always stick, and it's, 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 it's always an effort. I have to really work to stay, um, what's that knocking? Oh, I don't know. Compass. You guys, do you not hear it? Oh. I hear it. Mm-mm. I heard it. It just stopped. Um. Hmm. I, uh, I don't know. You talk. You talk about that, losing that feeling, and you know what's going through my head. And you might not know. You might probably know it. That Blink One Eighty Two song. It's Christmas Eve, and I haven't wrapped. Oh, I know it. To any freaking presents. Uh, not not their choice of words, but yeah. I um I love Blink, so yeah, I do know that song very well. But um, Christmas Vacation is, I think, a really good example of how you can go in with the best of intentions, and then the world might just knock you back to reality. Um, and luckily the movie ends with, where he gets it all back and it turns out to be it, almost infectious, right? Because his, his uh, horrible boss, who is Bill Murray's brother, actually, um, whose name isn't coming to me off the top of my head, but I do know he's Bill Murray's brother. Um, trying to find it. Where is he? Where is he? Where is he? But um, Oh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's not Bill Murray's brother. I thought it was. But now it looks like so it's a different Stallone's guy. Brother. No, well, because Bill Murray's brother isn't a lot of Bill Murray... Uh, films as like side oh, okay. characters he's the mayor in groundhog day um oh, i thought this was hey. the same guy but now i'm thinking it's not so my bad if i was wrong but um yeah i think it's brian doyle murray instead not bill murray oh wait no that's it brian doyle murray duh that is him i'm sorry the <laughs> doyle threw me off because imdb cuts it off if you have it in a different screen and so the hyphenate i don't know why his name's hyphenated but um Frank Shirley is the character name that's his, that's uh, Clark's boss that um, he he ends up you know doing the right thing in the end and kind of the Christmas spirit is infectious in a way and that that's it's a good message that comes out of this kind of chaos of a movie where everything seems to go wrong the Christmas tree catches on fire and um, you know the cat explodes <laughs> like you know oh. it's one thing after another um, mm-hmm. you, you get a great cast with Chevy Chase Juliette Lewis Beverly D'Angelo Johnny Galecki. Um, you got a lot of other people whose names, like Doris Roberts, um, who recently passed away, Randy Quaid, uh, being fantastic in this particular role. Um, William Hickey, who's, you know, played the old guy in so many movies. Um, and then, uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus as the obnoxious neighbor with her husband, Nicholas Guest. Um, yeah, just such a fun holiday film, and it's a classic now. But I really do think it, it embodies uh, the spirit in a way that other movies just can't because it walks the line of he is so emphatic about, you know, Christmas and yet people beat it out of him. 
and he almost gives up, but then at the last minute it's reclaimed, and I, I like that. It, it really sets the right message because people are going to make it hard to be in the holiday spirit, but you can't let them. you got to stay with it. What? No. It's supposed <laughs> to be easy to be in the Christmas spirit? Oh, no, sir. Well, no, I think it's easy to I, I do think it's easy to be in the Christmas spirit. It's everything else around you that makes it hard. You know, <laughs> like cuz the general idea of the Christmas spirit is to be caring and giving towards, you know, goodwill towards men. But how about men how make about, it really hard? I I need to I need to be in charge of stuff so I can fire people on Christmas. Do you guys need do you guys oh, have anything me, to add? Call me Call me K-Rock. No. Mm. Sorry, Ralph Garman. We wish you the best, and I would love to have you on the podcast, um, Ralph Garman. If you are uh, listening, um, feel free to reach out to me, and we can schedule you as uh, one of our interview episodes. So, you guys have anything to add to uh, Vegas vac- or no, Vegas vacation, Christmas vacation? <laughs> Wrong one. Oh, Merry Christmas. No. Um, I, I, I only I, I, my exposure to this is so minimal. Oh. That I'm kind of surprised that I didn't know Julia Louis Dreyfus. Yeah, man, was was in this, and I, I, she's she's great. So I need to watch this too. You, you do, man. This, uh, let's see. That might be why your Christmas spirit's not so strong. You got to get the right movies in there. Um, Corey, I don't know. It may not be enough. It, it could be though. Corey, what's your number two? Okay, guys, I feel like I'm gonna get a lot of heck for this one. Okay, it's number. Uh, it's Sorry, 2008's Seven Pounds. Ah, I've actually never seen this. Oh. Is that the, the Will Smith one? It is. Yes. Yeah, I haven't seen this one. Oh. Okay, fine, guys. Um, I have only seen it once. But it left an impression. It did. Um, it's a heavy movie, and... I know that I'll cry, so sometimes that makes it hard to go in and watch a movie again. But it has an idea of redemption. Mm -hmm. Um, Tim Thomas causes a car accident, which results in killing seven people, including his fiancée. He begins a process to find seven worthy people. Um, His only criteria is that they are good people to receive his internal organs. Even after he falls in love with one of the um, one of his intended recipients, he follows through with his plan, mm. and she ends up receiving his heart. Um, oh wow! On the nose. Sorry. With that, oh whoa. Yeah. Jeez. I'm it's guessing sorry, that's Rosario. That no, that you probably saved us time. That's Rosario Dawson, I assume. Then. Yes. Um, she has a, I think, congenital heart failure. Um. And I mean, if he doesn't go through with it, she will die. But still, it—it's uh, he would have a couple, you know, a little more time with her. But uh, I don't know. And when you were talking about contemplative earlier, that's what I think about with this movie. And I think that, um, you know, I hope that none of us ever intentionally or unintentionally kill people. But, but and don't ever tell John because he'll tell on you. He'll tell the police. Yeah. <laughs> um, but and I know that this is really heavy, but I just 
uh, trying to write the wrongs you've done. Yeah, no, I mean, and talk about the spirit of giving. The dude's giving life, essentially. Um, so, mm-hmm. so, yeah, it definitely fits into the holiday spirit, I think, um, even if it maybe not feel that way. It does have a 36 Metascore, um, but a 7.7 <laughs> IMDb user rating, so obviously it hits that emotional beat enough that people like the movie. Um, Woody Harrelson's also in it, and I am always a fan of his. Um, I I don't remember why I didn't see this. Oh, Octavia Spencer's in it, too. I like her a lot, although she's way down on the cast list. Um, I, um, I think I might own this now. I think I bought it a few years ago and just have not made it to it, but... Um, I might have bought it last year during the challenge, even, and I just never got to it. But um, I don't know that I want to watch it now. It seems like it's it's a real heavy movie and a little, I would imagine, somewhat melodramatic. But oh. well, that's me. Sorry, it's okay. And Mike, you haven't seen this either, right? No, and uh, now knowing what happens, I'm okay with it because you know he is the father of Jaden Smith. So there we are. <laughs> Uh, I still really like Will Smith. Yeah, he's great. Actually, I'm really looking forward to Bright. I, mm, I want to see David how that Ayer. is. I expect that mm-hmm. to be awful. Um, I would like it to be good, but David uh, Ayer I, uh, has has not proven to me that he can keep it going. It has Joel Edgerton in it, though. It does. Yeah, and, and heavy makeup. Yeah, and, and uh, no Jaden Smith as of yet. As of yet, okay. let's hope that stays because I can't take. Jaden Smith anymore. All right, um, that that's uh, an interesting pick, Corey. And I like the I, again. There's definitely a, a holiday message embedded in it, even though the, is the movie at all set at like a holiday or anything? Not that I remember. Because this movie does remind me of his movie from last year. That now I can't think of what it's called. A beautiful something. Um, beautiful co- coincidence. A beautiful. Oh man, it was it was a disaster of a film though. It had Kate Winslet, um, him, Edward Norton, and um, oh, what? Yeah, beautiful. What was it called? I, I'll look it up. It it did not do well. It was critically reviled, and um, it was uh, set at Christmas time, and it was supposed to be kind of like a play Collateral on Christmas beauty? Carol. Collateral Beauty. That's what it is. Um, it was supposed to be like a play on the Christmas Carol, where like um, there were three ghosts that were going to show up to him. Uh, and they were, again, really good actors um, playing the ghost. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm not on. But, yeah, it, it was uh, – there's a weird twist in that movie that kind of wrecks the whole premise in the first place, and I won't get into it. But it kind of reminds me of this because of, like, the redemption kind of sad Will Smith-type character that he's playing. Um, but there you go. Let's move into Mike's number two. What do you got, bub? All right. Well, I'm of the opinion, and I think you'll probably agree, that there are two people, kinds of people. Those that don't believe that this is a Christmas movie, and those that, ah. would, and those people ah. that would be wrong, wrong. Um, and those that totally and wholly accept this as a Christmas movie, because it's literally set during Christmas time at a Christmas party in a very famous business tower. Die Hard from 1988. Mm-hmm. Um, I will let you know that the I, book that I just bought, this is listed as a Christmas movie. Yeah, this one this one was originally my number one pick, but I switched to another one because that the, my number one pick truly fits 
with my personality. So you'll get to that one in a little while. But Die Hard, and I mentally was convinced, you know, I got to look it up because I was convinced. I don't remember if my youth pastor took us to this, but I remember seeing Die Hard 2 because ultimately we could lump, lump them both in. They're both set during Christmas time, which I think is missing in the rest. And maybe that's why they failed so badly. I want to see date of release because in my mind, it was, uh, it's probably a summer blockbuster. Yeah, I can't find it. Of course I can't find it because I only did minimal research, but uh, nope. Yep. Summer blockbuster. Let's try again. Summer blockbuster, July 20th, 1988. So I'm trying to think, yep. but the, you know, this is where I think was the pinnacle well, no, he's had other really good roles, but this definitely launched him, I think, Bruce Willis into – well, and I don't know that I knew um, Alan Rickman really well until this one either. I didn't. Um, uh, someone just posted the meme about recognizing the the police officer that was involved in the ter- – you know, in foiling the terrorist. Carl Winter. Have you seen that? No. Yeah. And then people, you know, had varied reactions because they didn't get the joke that, you know, was referring to Die Hard. Maybe that influenced my pick. But um, the sleazy reporter, oh, man, I forgot about him. All these different characters. I really did like Bonnie Bedelia, who was his ex-wife. But all these little different details and a heist, you know, uh, not just a thief. He's an exceptional thief, what they're going for. And I'm like, I never understood what they're going for. You know, I know now it's a bearer bond but the way the pronunciation was it was very confusing to me but uh and just the way hans gruber now i have a machine gun ho 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 with the corpse of one of his henchmen's uh henchmen with a little santa you know mm-hmm. uh, the the way they even tie in the bare feet because having that conversation right at the beginning um he's talking about his aching dogs and the guy tells him, but now I'm just like, oh, I don't want to make, I don't want to make those things motions with my feet because you never know when there'll be a terrorist attack and you'll need to have your shoes. Yep. But um, yeah, this this is this yeah. is a Christmas movie for me. Well, the book this is the kind of the, well, yeah, the book that I mentioned the, uh, is called "Have Yourself a, Mo- a Movie Little Christmas" um, by mm-hmm. a- Alonzo Duralde, I think is how you say it. Um, and he makes the the point. Um, obviously, the soundtrack. There's Christmas music throughout the film, mm-hmm. um, but mm-hmm. also uh, his wife's name is Holly. And mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, come on. That's what are the odds that it would be Holly and it's set at Christmas? You know, like they. It's a Christmas movie for sure, and it's definitely one. Um, I don't necessarily watch it every Christmas, but I do. I definitely acknowledge it as a Christmas film. Um, Granted, it's a Christmas action film, but we've talked about other types of Christmas movies. They don't all have to be family movies. They don't have to be about Santa Claus. But, um, you know, he's there to reconcile with his wife and try to make things right. And then he saves the day, you know? Like, he he comes to the rescue. He uses the skills that he has at his disposal to um, give back, so to speak. So, I, And I, I love Die Hard. And I love Bruce Willis. That's why Hudson Hawk still works for me, despite it being so bad. <laughs> but this one was so much better. Oh, so and I will much say, better. I will say that my sister-in-law—I forget where she was at. She was traveling and got to meet. Uh, he was on the pro, on profile, I think, was the show. Uh, Robert Davi, who played one of the FBI agents, the one agent Johnson. 
Uh-huh. I don't know if you remember that part where they said Agent Johnson and Agent Johnson, that they're not related. And it's clear, clear that they're not. She got to meet him. Pretty, oh. pretty cool, Hunter. Well, that is cool. Um, Corey, what's your thoughts on Die Hard? I haven't seen it since I was a kid, but oh. they're screening it at our local historic theater on Tuesday, and I'm going. Oh, awesome. Okay, all right. So okay, so excited. that's bonus. That's bonus points. That's hey, awesome. Boom. All right. Well, my number... And they're... Oh. Go ahead. Sorry, they are including it as their holiday film. Yeah, I think like, well, yeah, I think Theater did Die Hard one year for Christmas, if I'm not mistaken. Oh man, I missed that. Um, they might it might be this year. I don't remember for sure. I know they're doing. They have a couple that aren't traditional in the the big sense. But my number two is probably one of the most traditional. Um, I, uh, most of mine are. But again, these are movies that I watch uh, pretty much every year to get into the Christmas spirit or help me get into the Christmas spirit. And this one. I've I used to watch a lot when I was younger. There was a long gap. I think when I hit high school, I found older movies to be not as appealing, and I kind of had this like snobby attitude. Um, and as I've gotten older, that's become the opposite, where I really have embraced a lot of older movies. And also, as I've become more of a cinephile, I've I embraced a lot of older movies. And White Christmas from 1954 is a movie that I have fallen back in love with. Um, Bing Crosby, Danny Kaye. Uh, Rosemary something I can't I hate when they cut their names off uh, Vera Al- Vera Ellen um, I I love this movie it has um, there's a lot of great songs uh, some of which I sing year round because I, I just can't get they're not they're not all Christmas songs um, because oh, okay. Uh, okay. Bing Crosby's character is a showman he's playing um, Bob Wallace who's kind of a it's, there's like a Dean Martin, Jerry Lewis kind of vibe to their characters, in my opinion, um, where like you have Danny Kaye's character is the, the secondary guy. He's more of the comedic guy, but he's still talented. Um, but you have Bob Wallace and they're in the uh, the war together. And um, Phil saves Phil is Danny Kaye's character. He saves Bob's life uh, in a war and he gets hurt in the process. And uh, he kind of milks the injury to get to jump onto the career because Bob was already a showman. And so when the war ends, they they become a duet and they tour, and um, so you get songs for that aren't Christmas, in that way, and then you get into Christmas time when now they've they've paired up with uh, these two ladies and they're uh, in Vermont, but there's no snow, which is kind of funny because a lot of my Christmases there's no snow, right? And so that's where the song "I'm Dreaming of a White Christmas" it comes in, you know, because mm-hmm. they they want it to snow. They they're looking for snow, and um, that is one of the magical elements of the film. Now, this movie I know Corey has not seen because we are going to be watching this in two weeks on Burke Reviews Movie Club because this is a major one Corey has never watched, um, and it's one that I absolutely adore, and it really does set me up for the Christmas spirit because there is um, you see what these guys do these are famous guys like inside the movie they're playing characters who are famous people love them and they end up doing a, almost like a charity of uh, event and it's the epitome of giving back and it, it deals a lot with patriotism to a degree there is this whole thing about soldiers and your your general and then even there's even a little bit of commentary about what what happens to soldiers after they're no longer soldiers um it's not easy for everybody, and it's 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 played very carefully because it is 1954. But it's it's definitely there's a little bit of commentary there because their general, the man they respected most, he's fallen on hard times after leaving the war, and he's struggling, and they they hate seeing him like that. And it's it's I don't know I I love this movie. Um, 
it just works. And again, I, I really enjoy the musical elements of it um, a lot. There's, uh, oh man, I don't know. I, I've really come to, to love it. Um, and it, it helps get me in the Christmas spirit. And especially the idea of, I always dream of a white Christmas because I've lived in Florida my whole life. So there is no getting a white Christmas here. It's dreaming and that's all I got. I, I am probably fine. But, <laughs> um, but I'm sure Miami has a white Christmas. I know Corey hasn't a different type of white. Um, I know Corey hasn't seen this. Mike, have you ever seen White Christmas? Nope. Oh, man. I'm telling you, this is not my holiday. Um, you, but you got to give it a go, man. You got to got to at least hit these up um, and then say it's not your holiday. Like, it feels like you're just I sitting on the sidelines. I, I, hey, I, I came up with five. <laughs> you I did. 100% did. participation plus my other five. Think, so that's like going extra. I think maybe you should jump in on the movie club episode from White Christmas because <laughs> it's, it's a classic and it's totally worth watching. I'll, I'll tell you what, it hurt less than... <laughs> that's that's not, yes, by far. Uh, this movie has a oh no critic score because it's so old, but it has a seven point six user rating on IMDb. Um, and I'm sure if you can find some great reviews, there's also probably some negative reviews because it is it's a Christmas musical. The, a lot of the plot is put together so that they are going to perform songs, and you know it is they are actual performers, so it's not a musical like where they randomly. I mean, they do kind of randomly break in the song, but at least like they're musical performers, so it's more accepting i guess when it happens and there's usually some type of musical accompaniment on screen like somebody's playing a, a guitar or piano or something usually to uh, make sense of why there's music suddenly playing but um yeah it, it's it's a lot of fun um i now have not seen holiday inn which is another bing crosby christmas film that i hear is really really loosely connected where it's basically just a bunch of christmas songs and where a white christmas the song originates apparently um before this movie oh. so um, but let's move to Corey's number one, wrapping up the list here. Okay. Um, we watched this for movie club Oh, Woo! a little while ago. Mm. Um, it's 2001's Amelie. Oh, okay. It's, um, it's a little whimsical. She devotes her life to making others happy. I love how her acts of kindness set off chain reactions in those she helps. And, um, like, she embarrasses a, like, a shop, keep a shop owner that is constantly embarrassing one of his employees. And that kind of gives him um, confidence. And um, she ends up finding something a little package in her wall and she returns it to the man who he's now a grown man, but he had placed it there when he was a child. And so he decides to, um, have a relationship with his grandson. Um, she finds, I believe it's a notebook from someone and she ends up returning it, but she's trying to be secretive about it, but she ends up, um, having falling in love with that person. And then they have a relationship. Um, so it's, because she had kind of a lonely childhood because her parents tried to keep her at home and homes, um, homeschool her because they thought she had a heart Condition. issue and they didn't want her to Which, be overstimulated, God, I guess. The movie's so brilliant. <laughs> it is so good. Um, I'm sad that it took me so long to watch it, but I just love her spirit so much. Yeah. And how she tries to get back at the mean people. Yeah, the righteous justice of sorts. Um, yes. Yeah, she's... That movie is fantastic. She's so charming. Um, 
I, I yes, the color palette of it, everything about that movie is is fantastic, and I, that's an interesting pick though, and I totally could see this working as a holiday movie. I don't think there's any holiday elements in the film, but even the color palette, uh, greens and reds are very vibrant, mm-hmm. um, so it even works in that way. Uh, it, it, if that movie had been set at Christmas, I think it just it just would have added one more reason that this works because I think it works perfectly because like you said, she's, she likes the idea of giving like it, it thrills her. It excites her. Um, yeah. Awesome. Awesome pick. And again, um, an amazing movie. If you have not seen Amelie, I cannot stress it enough. And if you're a person, Just buy like it. I used to be, I used to be one to avoid subtitles and man, do I feel silly for that because I have grown to love movies with subtitles. Um, not, And by that, I mean foreign films. Um, I don't necessarily love them because they have subtitles, but I just they don't bother me anymore. And so I I regret not watching them for a long time out of a, uh, well, an ignorant stance of I don't want to read. So why would I read a movie? Yeah. (laughs) But hey, I fixed myself. I have fixed that error. So it's all good. You got anything to add, Mike? I need to watch it. I know it by reputation, and I, I know I will really like it. I like her. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Yeah, it totally definitely need to, to check this one out as soon And the as premise is great because she is, like, trying to, like you said, the whole idea of what she does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, even, like, the setup that Corey was just describing of why she was not a al- Like, her heartbeat, it, her heartbeat is irregular when they check it. Because they mm-hmm. were so inaffectionate that any touch was like exciting. Like she was just like, like someone hug me, somebody show me some affection. And so when he would put the thesis, the the oh man, I can't say that word apparently, the stethoscope, the thing that does stethoscope, the, stethoscope, um, on to listen to her heartbeat, she would get her heartbeat would elevate because she was excited that someone was actually showing her some affection. So yeah, it's, it's tragic and yet not. It's just, it's just great. How could I forget her dad wants to travel the world, but he won't leave. And then she kidnaps his yard gnome and then like sets him up. Yeah. She has like, uh, he's traveling. Her uh, flight attendant friend takes pictures of the gnome. Um, to, (laughs) it's so good. There's so many great little things in that movie. Um, plus the visual stylings and the cinematic elements are just so strong. Uh, I, I feel like, um, some of it could even influence some of Edgar Wright's stuff, like the way he shoots some of the scenes and stuff. But, um, Mm -hmm. all right, Mike, what is your number one holiday spirit movie? It's very odd to me that this one is of the same year as planes, trains, and automobiles. Mm. Um, it was the first adaptation, that, to my knowledge, of Brett Easton Ellis's uh, written work. I have a copy. I know I've got, uh, I've had a several, at least two or three copies of it, and I want to reread it again. It's not a, not a difficult read at all if you haven't read it already. Um, basically, well, let's get into it. It's a very young Robert Downey Jr., Jamie Gertz, and Andrew McCarthy. McCarthy? Mm. McCarthy. McCarthy. My bad. Mm-hmm. Um, in less than zero. Okay. Um, but basically, the the premise is, and it's kind of cliche, but not really. And you don't really get it until you're at that point, is that you really can't ever go home again. And he's coming back as a college freshman to Los Angeles, having gone to uh, New England to go to school, 
uh, and coming back because Jamie Gertz, who plays his girlfriend, uh, really wants him to return, and then finding how his one of his great friends, played by Robert Downey Jr., Julian, what he's gotten himself into, which he already probably was in the middle of high school already a certain way, just he's gotten further down the road of uh, uh, drug use and abuse, substance abuse, probably substances of all kinds. And it's set, obviously, during the holidays. That's when he returns. And a Los Angeles holiday is really probably, well, It's we can relate because in Florida we don't really get the weather for it. We get ooh, we might get three cool days this year. Ooh, uh, one day, I know one year we had a 80-degree or 85-degree Christmas day, and it's just so unusual. But definitely what tapped into it for me is having – left for school i moved up to polk county here this area from miami and i it was so relatable because going back um not every one of my friends had gone off to school and you kind of saw a lot of i saw a lot of them just kind of stuck in what they were doing which you know miami can offer a bunch of opportunity but i only had a smaller circle of friends but uh, I, I mean, I I enjoyed doing what I did in high school. But you know, as a college freshman, they're like, "Whoa, wait a minute! There's other stuff that we can do besides what we, you know we would just do as as high schoolers." And kind of seeing that was like, I mean, and I'm not well. I don't know. I could I could be wrong. I don't know all the things that all my friends were into, but that just touched a nerve. And hmm. you know, the idea of not being able to go back. You can never go home again. Is really that that just stuck with me. the 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 film is very different from the novel. I mean, there's definitely some differences. It deviates from, uh, it, and then the same way American Psycho is that way. Um, the Rules of Attraction is that way. Although it does keep one of the best parts um, in Rules of Attraction. I'll just spoil it right away. The ending ends in mid sentence, and that's the way the novel is, which I thought was great. Uh, everything else is only fair. So I hope this is never touched, even though it's not a perfect film. This 6.4 rating, I get no other things from IMDb. Uh, probably attest to that, but let's see, I was 14. I probably saw it, let's say, after I was in college. So I was quite, I was, you know, 17 or 18 once I saw it. So totally relatable. And just, that's so weird. I mean, I'm looking at these pictures of Robert Downey Jr. and the different states of inebriation that he was in and then thinking about the very recent uh, was it civil war when they had him digitally Young, made younger yeah, yeah 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 i'm like wow that's just nuts there he, i mean i'm looking at the picture I'm like that that's him so it's it's it holds up for me but it's not it's not your traditional christmas film I, again yeah. I, like i said all the other ones were your traditional diehard to start and you know make that become yeah it's that buffer buffer between christmas story and uh well that's interesting i go planes trains krampus christmas story diehard and then really dark dank meme <laughs> style oh. with less than zero well i um yeah i like that um i haven't seen i don't think i've seen this movie i am aware of its existence but i've not made it to it and I am a fan of a lot of the people in that film, so I definitely want to check it out. And I didn't realize it was set at the holidays. Like, that was mm-hmm. the premise, mm-hmm. so that's, that's compelling, too. 
there's a couple of others. Uh, I want to say the Informers might have been made into one. I think of all people, oh, what is, uh, Lindsay Lohan, I think, might have been in that one. Ooh. What's another? Uh, mm-hmm. uh, what is? You'll have to dig up. American Psycho is probably um, the biggest one. I've seen that I one. I don't think I don't think they adapted Lunar Park. I've got a good amount. <laughs> it's one of those that I'm hesitant to because I know. <laughs> I moved a picture frame because I've been trying to find a copy of a book of mine. Uh, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's where I put American Psycho because I don't have it out in, in view. <laughs> yeah. You know, in plain view. Yeah, 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 totally. Uh, Corey, have you seen Lesson Zero? I have not. Seems like mm. I think it's the one that we might have to maybe see where we can fit it into Movie Club next year. Um because I think it, I think it seems like it's up our alley as far as that goes. Um, my number one goes for a very traditional uh, approach, but it has two different versions that I think are acceptable to watch, um, and it goes with my wife's belief. And I I consider my wife an authority on the Christmas season, um, and we have a tradition on Thanksgiving where we watch the Macy's Day Parade. Something I'm sure many many people have that same uh, tradition, you know, but. My wife's point is the reason why she watches it and now that why we watch it is it's not Christmas officially until Santa shows up at the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, which is the last thing we see in the parade. That's when the parade ends. But the second he's on screen, it is 100 percent officially Christmas, um, even though we'd been celebrating it since November 1st. But that is the moment when it's official and we can not, we can then stop hiding the fact that we're celebrating Christmas already. And, um, Miracle on 34th street features that, um, exactly in that way where we start off at the Thanksgiving day parade and we see a drunken Santa Claus, um, replaced by a man who, uh, looks a lot like Santa and doesn't even need fake whiskers cause he has his own. Um, and I like both the 1947 original and the 1994 remake, um, which isn't as good, but it has some, good moments in it for sure um but i do if i'm gonna pick i'm gonna go with the original uh but i i used to watch this a lot as a kid and much like white christmas i stopped in my high school years and even early college years and kind of didn't return to it though until i think last year or maybe the year before was the first time in a long time i finally watched miracle on 34th street and it it brought back a lot of that feeling and um what more spirit can you need than a man who shows up into this you know corporate world and you know like i love the scene where um the kid comes and sits on his lap and the mom says don't don't tell him because we don't have you guys don't have it i've looked everywhere and then he tells yes yes you'll get it and the mom's mad and he's like well no 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 here you're gonna go to this store and he tells her where to get it and that makes macy's embrace this honesty where if we don't have it we'll tell them where they can get it and it's just the idea of it's not about the bottom dollar even though it is to them because people are happy with them and so they're going to come shopping there but it's the message that chris kringle is trying to um instill of it's about the children it's about making them happy and it's christmas season it's just a great great tale um and you know we have to prove santa i mean there's that whole contrived like court case and it's fun and the that iconic scene where the mailmen bring in bag after bag of uh, letters addressed to Santa Claus um, specifically to the prison, mind you, because they the kids all believe Chris Kringle is the real Santa, uh, which apparently is enough evidence to prove him to be true. But nonetheless, this movie uh, does get me in the Christmas spirit every year, and it was left off of my favorite holiday movies last year. 
Um, so I thought, what a great time to talk about it because it, it really does. Again, we get that Thanksgiving moment. We get the parade, and that's for my wife the moment Christmas actually begins every year. So it works in that way for me for my holiday spirit. I got to see this movie for me to be in the right headspace. Um, that's our top five, everybody. Uh, before we completely wrap up, we're going to go through honorable mentions. I have a feeling that our uh, other two hosts won't have many, but let's see what we got. Corey, do you have any honorable mentions? I have Gremlins and Dutch. I've mm. never seen Dutch. That's uh, um, Ed O'Neill, <gasps> right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Ethan Emery. Oh, that's mm-hmm. right. He's the kid. Yeah, I yeah, mean, he's a jerk. I think that he's credited as Ethan Randall in this movie. Interesting. Duh. And it's also, um, well, John Hughes wrote it. Mm-hmm. He was ah, the director. Yeah, that's one I remember a lot about the trailers because I was a huge Married with Children fan, even as a kid, and when I probably shouldn't have been <laughs> watching it. Um, it's but, really funny. I, I always liked Ed O'Neill, and I don't. I never got to see Dutch. Um, I've never made an effort as an adult to see it, mind you. But, um, all right, Mike, what about you? I had Gremlins as well, but we already mentioned that. I had Alf, Edward Scissorhands, Love Actually, oh. and It's a Wonderful Life. Now, those um, It's a Wonderful Life, Elf, A Christmas Story, I, and Home Alone, and uh, I think there's one more I left off of my list this time because those were on my list last year for, I think, my favorite holiday films, um, I believe was what our topic was, or something like that. Um, maybe it was favorite Christmas movies or something like that. And... Um, but all of those definitely still get me in the Christmas spirit. Like I have to watch Elf every year. I always watch a Christmas story on Christmas Eve for twenty four hours. Um, um but, well, it reminds me now that we're talking about Elf. When you talk about Santa and Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, I remember very vividly, and I, I like to make remind my wife of her slip of the tongue. We were at Carol's in the Park. It wasn't this year. I think we didn't get to make it this year. I think it was like last year, the year before, and. And she very loudly said, in front of all the children waiting, because these were younger kids, you look so much like the real Santa ah, to the Santa. No. And um, <laughs> and I looked at her and I said, really? And none of, I don't know that the, all the kids caught it, but I, now when I tell the story, you know, the kids are crying. Uh, just like an elf, you know, when he confronts yeah. the Santa that sits on his throne of lies. <laughs> but see, I was always told as a kid that those were Santa's helpers, um, just like in Home Alone. Mm. Home Alone, that's what he says. Because remember, he goes to see the Santa Claus, and he's like smoking a cigarette, and he like pulls his beard up. And he's like, "I know you're not the I'm real Santa." Yeah. Well, you know, he says, "I know you're not the real Santa." He's like, "What makes you say that?" With his beard still pulled down, and he puts it back on, <laughs> and then he's like. Well, but I know you're one of his helpers, and you can get a message to him. So, like, that was how I was brought up, believing uh, the, all the mall Santas and stuff were helpers. Um, and so, to me, her saying it looks like the real Santa only instills the idea that there is a real Santa. You know what I'm saying? Like, because he looks like the real one, which means there is one, and that's what matters most. But um, I also uh, – so my honorable mentions were basically everything you guys uh, either mentioned, but Die Hard – um, for sure is online, but the Polar Express, which Corey and I just watched for Movie Club, um, because of the message of believing, I, I love that part of that movie. That's my favorite part of the film is that there's a strong message of it, you just have to believe in, in the magic of Christmas. And I, what more appropriate film for the spirit of Christmas um, than that, you know? So, but I, I did end up, I, I bumped it off. It was going to be number five, and I bumped it off for The Muppet Christmas Carol. Um, but yeah, those that's our list, everybody. Um, we'd love to hear your favorite holiday spirit movies. What movies do you watch to get into the holiday spirit? Um, you can email those to us at contact 
at BurkeReviews.com. You can follow us on the social medias. I'm at Burke Reviews and Corey. At Corey R Star, two R's on the end. And Mikey. At Server Monkey. And uh, please go to BurkeReviews.com. I'll have reviews coming this week of Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, which I forgot to mention. I saw that, by the way. Um, and uh, review of The Hero um, that I watched again on iTunes. Um, along with uh, episodes of The Rough Cut and our other podcast, Burke Reviews Movie Club. Um, please subscribe. Uh, well, I'm sorry, if you are already subscribed, please share the podcast to uh, your social media so people can find us. And if you are listening on iTunes, if you'll go to the iTunes uh, page and rate us, we would appreciate it. Um, thanks again for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week with our special guest, um, which we talked about oh, earlier yeah. in the episode. So, uh, guys, thank you very much, and I will talk to you later. All right. Thank later. you. Bye. Peace. Bye.